0: I do think there's like a much bigger opportunity for professional hosts, professional property managers, to provide much better service for both renters
1: and homeowners. Welcome to Behind the Stays, a podcast that shares the stories behind your favorite Airbnbs and the hosts who've made them memorable. Behind the Stays is brought to you by Spontaneous, a free weekly newsletter that brings you a carefully curated list of last-minute deals and upcoming steals on Airbnb. Sign up at spontaneous.com I'm your host, Zach Cruz. Enjoy the show. Hey, friend. So, I wanna get real with you for just a quick second here, okay? So my wife and I decided it was time to take a risk and for me to leave my day job as head of growth at a marketing agency and go all in on spontaneous and the Behind the Stays podcast. This is both incredibly exciting and also terrifying. Um, It's exciting because it means I'll have way more time to make the show better and to spin up new products and services designed to help you grow your hospitality brands and short-term rental businesses. And it's terrifying because I'm saying goodbye to a nice paycheck and health benefits and 401k match and yada yada oh and did i mention that we just had a kid and who's just two months old yeah, it's been a it's been an exciting time. Okay, so here's here's the ask, all right? In order to grow the show and increase the value of the content we create, we need the support of our advertising partners. Now, trust me, I know how tempting it is to just skip through podcast ads. I feel you, and I'm a culprit too, okay? But it would mean the world to me if you could take just 60 seconds to write an email to the guesty team or DM them on social media and just thank them for being a behind the stage sponsor. Perhaps you have a PMS system already, or perhaps your short-term rental business is just getting started and you you. You don't need one of the dozens of incredible features and offers that their software provides, and that's all A-OK, but if you just take a quick second to thank them for being a sponsor on the show, What you're really doing is you're really saying, hey, I like the show. Thank you for helping it continue, and thank you for making Zach uh, be able to spend more time making the show even better for us. So this will also just help uh, prove to my wife that this quote-unquote podcasting thing can be more than just a hobby. So if you don't mind pausing the episode that you're listening to right now and scrolling down to the show notes to find Guesty's social handles and their marketing team's email address and shooting them just a quick message thanking them for advertising on the Behind the Stays podcast, I would be so grateful. All right, folks, thanks for being here. Thanks for listening. Now on to the show. In just a moment, you'll meet Jonah Hennig, founder and CEO of Rove, a premium portfolio of luxury Airbnbs designed for discerning travelers. Jonah grew up in the Chicago suburbs and always had a knack for tinkering with business ideas. After going to college in New York, Jonah decided to pursue his dream of becoming an entrepreneur and was fortunate enough to get accepted to Y Combinator, which is the most prestigious of startup accelerators in the world. Fun fact for those who aren't aware, Airbnb actually got its start in YC. Soon after being accepted to YC, COVID hit, and well, Jonah's startup wasn't immune to the disruption that all of us felt in those early days. But it wasn't long before Jonah had another idea. And that idea was to offer a Ritz-Carlton-like experience within the context of a collection of highly curated short-term rentals. Tune in to hear the story of where the idea for Rove came from, how Rove is building the Ritz-Carlton of STRs, why Rove is also building a Zillow for Airbnb investors, and how Rove has thought about differentiation in an increasingly crowded marketplace. Oh, and one last thing, this episode was recorded while Jonah was in New York and in the heart of New York. So there are some New York City background noises um, that we just ask that you be patient with. All right, folks, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Behind the Stays. And without further ado, get ready to meet Jonah. All right, Jonah. We are live, dude. How are you doing today? Good. I'm good, Zach. How are you? I'm doing excellent, man. And I um I'm super excited to have this conversation. We recently connected, uh I think we met on like LinkedIn or something, and I have since been on Rove's website and learned a little bit about what you guys do and have been really sort of just intrigued by what you're building in this space. And we got to connect very briefly uh, last week for about 10 minutes. I got to hear a little bit about who you are and what you're building at Rove, but I'm excited to really unpack this more in our conversation today. And I want to just get right into it. And I'm hoping you could kick us off by giving us like the the Shark Tank pitch for like what what Rove is and like why why does the world need Rove?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, we started Rove about 18 months ago. We're a boutique hotel brand for luxury single-family homes. And so, what we do is we partner with homeowners. Uh, we have an internal brand score, and we um, we upgrade properties. With a team, we have a team of professional interior designers to hit uh, a brand standard to be basically a consistent uh, experience across different Airbnbs. yeah. Um, and so we're in eight markets. We're in Scottsdale, Arizona, Park City, Utah, uh, Naples, Florida, Palm Beach, Miami, Fort Lauderdale, and then the Hamptons and New York City are our biggest markets. Wow. And so, you know, what, what we're trying to really deliver is a, is a premium, uh, consistent guest experience, kind of the quality and care of a five-star hotel in a single-family home.
1: Love it, man. Uh, very, very uh, well polished uh, pitch there. I like it. Um, <laughs> I I want to understand a little bit more about this brand score that you guys that that you guys do. So, like, when you talk about sort of this, uh, uh, you you acquire these properties or you, you or you co manage these uh, these these properties. What when, when you talk about sort of like elevating it. So that each unit or or each property kind of meets your all's brand standards, like what what exactly is that score? Like how, what 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 are you using to ensure that uh, a home is up to sort of like the Rove standard before it joins your your collection?
0: Yeah, so um, we have an internal brand standard. Like I said, our real estate acquisitions team is vetting opportunities uh, across across a few dimensions. Um, one, just like the bones of the house, the rent. You know, we're looking for newly renovated luxury properties uh you know i guess it doesn't have to be newly renovated but upscale bathrooms nice aesthetic um you know multiple bedrooms spacious living room uh just properties that you know you would think of as like an upscale home or villa um the next item is furniture quality and this is where we help homeowners so you know sometimes we'll partner with a homeowner that has that their home just needs a furniture refresh. Sure. And so our design team will go in. will will we'll, uh, in, in some cases we'll fully furnish a property, um, and we have a few furniture partners we work with, and then also our own team that's doing a lot of the uh, the need the supplies in the house, the items in the kitchen that make it you know a, a chef's kitchen usable for a dinner party. Yeah. Or um, you know adding couches and, and chairs that actually make a living room. Uh, suitable for, you know, a group of maybe eight people that are staying at at a larger house. Um, You know, I think a lot of homeowners position either have personal property in the house and have an attachment to it that make it a little bit challenging for an Airbnb to be fully equipped for for rental groups um, from a design perspective and also a functional perspective. Um, And then some homeowners have like personal preferences that might be in line with, uh, you know, from a functional standpoint, what a group wants yeah
1: yeah no that, that's super interesting it's it's almost like you know sometimes people just they love their velvet green couch but their velvet green couch just like isn't workable uh or, or it would be it would be like a poor uh piece to have in a home that's going to be highly trafficked by lots of different people uh you know every other night so ma- makes makes a lot of sense I, i'm curious when, when you guys are approach sort of a, a homeowner right and you're you're discussing whether or not they'd be a good fit for rove's collection like Beyond sort of this this design score, uh, are are you typically like who who are who are these quote unquote like customers of yours that are that are joining your portfolio? Like, are they folks that have been on Airbnb for a while and they're just they need help? Are these folks that have you know nice real estate in these in these hot markets and just have never dabbled in the short term rental space? Like, who who are these individuals?
0: Uh, all all of the above. So I, I think you know if, if, what's com- if you have a, if you own a property especially if it's a million dollar plus home as, as a short-term rental or as an investment home that you're renting out to, to earn income. Yeah. Um, typically you hire a property manager. If you can, uh, you know, I think a lot of people make the mistake of trying to self-manage, you know, it's possible, maybe not mistake, it depends on your personal circumstances, but it's, you know, it's a full-time job. It's very time intensive. And a lot of the parts of the job can be, you know, scaled by hiring a property manager that has a dedicated support specialist and has a dedicated design team instead of trying to do ten different jobs in one. Sure. And so part of what we're able to to offer homeowners and I get to address your question, like who are our homeowners? They tend to be people that are have an investment property that either used to live in the house as a primary residence and then moved somewhere else and, and turned it into an investment home, or bought it as an Airbnb, uh, but are looking for you know white glove premium service and yeah. and we're able to deliver that branded experience.
1: Amazing. Okay. That's awesome. So where, where does this, where does this story for like Rove really begin? Like where, where did the idea come from? Um uh, take us, take us sort of back to the, that moment when the, uh, the idea that would become Rove, uh, first, first spawned.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I started a different company that went through Y Combinator and raised venture funding, a software business. Okay. And that was right before COVID. During COVID, I actually was moving around Southern California, staying at different Airbnbs and working remotely. And that was with the co-founders of my last company and some other friends. Um, and, you know, I had this awesome experience that I think a lot of other people had during COVID um, and with, like, changing world where, one, I was, you know, in these amazing locations. I was living in La Jolla and San Diego yeah. um, and a few other places in Southern California. I absolutely loved being able to, you know, get off of work at five or six and go, you know, do a go run on, on the beach or go surfing yeah. um, and, and being able to work remotely kind of, I think, was, was a little bit life changing. Um, so I you know saw that as the future of, of work and hospitality and realized that there wasn't a brand um, of consistently furnished properties that were also remote work friendly. And so we do put workstations and uh, desks with a, a standing desk with an ergonomic chair hmm. and a monitor, keyboard, mouse and all our properties. Uh, but I would say that's more of a, a feature than our primary product, where that's just part of the whole experience. If you're renting a house for seven days, you might be using it um, for to work out of for a few days. and we, yeah. we make our properties equipped for that, and then the rest of the time, you know, you probably just want a want a luxury house for uh, vacation. Experience.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, a hundred percent. There are three questions that I get asked all the time by listeners of Behind The Stays. Number one, Zach, are you trying to imitate Guy Raz from NPR's interview style? Number two, Zach, do you really spend a dozen hours each week looking for the best Airbnb deals? And number three, Zach, is Guesty for Hosts really worth checking out? Well, friends, the answer to all three of these questions is, of course, yes. While there are many property management softwares on the market, I always encourage our listeners to check out Guesty for Hosts. Guesty's channel manager centralizes reservations across Airbnb, Verbo, and Booking.com to stay on top of your listings without having to hop back and forth between channels. Guesty's automation tools enable you to connect with guests in a meaningful, creative, and instant fashion. And Guesty's new and improved website builder allows you to create your own branded booking website in just minutes, which allows you to grow your brand and increase your direct bookings. And finally, Guesty is positioned well to grow with you. As your business grows, you can grow with Guesty for Pros by unlocking new features and offerings designed for larger portfolios. So here's the deal. If you're an STR host without a PMS system or a host looking at exploring a new one, I've got a treat for you. The team at Guesty is giving behind the stays listeners and spontaneous subscribers $20 off an annual or monthly plan for Guesty for hosts when they use the discount code Spontaneous when signing up for a free 14-day trial. There's no credit card required. There's no setup fee. Uh, there's no commitment. So try it out and cancel anytime if you don't love it. Guesty for hosts. They're the bestie of top-rated STR super hosts. All right, folks, back to the show. What's super interesting about, I think, what what you are are building here is is sort of this, uh, there, there's a lot of folks that feel like during COVID kind of had this like aha moment where they're traveling around, they're staying in really cool places, they're able to work remotely. But then I think one of the things that the industry, the hospitality industry, like noticed is that, oh, wow, like we're not quite set up for remote travelers. Meaning like that's not something that Airbnb hosts, right, had had taken into at least like serious uh, account pre-pandemic right meaning people were coming to these homes for vacation like the last thing that these individuals wanted was a, a desk or a workstation right or like a, a an external monitor right to remind them of like the office back home like people were here to, to vacation and that has yeah, fundamentally sort of like changed in, in during covid but then also after covid like I, I think too just about like i've talked about this several times on this podcast my my own sort of like network and circle of, of, of friends to your point jonah we, we might go and, and book a seven-night stay at a place because, you know, a lot of the places have discounts, right? The longer you stay, so you you, you, you secure a discount. The nightly rate ends up being uh, lower. And then, yeah, you take three, four days off, and then you work the other days, right? Um, and you get to work from a different location. So I think that this this whole sort of, like, trend is, is not going away anytime soon. I am curious, like... Uh, we're kind of hitting on this like differentiation component right and and there are like I feel like a lot of since COVID too a lot of folks that have kind of come into the space they're trying to build boutique hospitality brands they're trying to sort of figure out like how do I build like a, a collection of homes manage it a little bit differently or manage it with sort of like some sort of like unique uh, you know uh, competitive advantage how, how are how are you guys at Rove thinking about differentiation in the space because you guys aren't obviously the only players in the space anymore uh, how How have you thought about ensuring that Rove kind of continues to stand apart?
0: Um, Yeah. So, how how do we think about differentiation? Um, The way that uh, yes, there's there's certainly a a few different ways. Um, You know, we're we're definitely not the only brand of you know boutique hotel brand for alternative accommodations, but I would say that our focus on uh, premier destination markets does make us pretty unique. Um, so we are, you know, like the locations that we're in, we're in parks in Utah, ski town, New York city, um, specifically in New York, we have a really interesting business because of the air, because of the multiple dwelling law in, in New York state, um, we rent our New York properties on a 30 day plus basis. They're actually medium term accommodations and our customer segment in New York city is a little bit different. Um, maybe not the customer segment being different, but the the stay length and, and use case of our properties is different in New York city than uh, other markets. And in New York, there's actually really not a premier provider of luxury flexible lease term furnished rentals. So if hmm. you want to rent a, a really high end t- townhouse or a three bedroom loft in Soho um, your options really only to go to Airbnb. And you know, the problem with that is it's just an inconsistent experience like yeah. we talked about. And so we, you know, we have, we're building an amazing business in New York and I think it's a really extremely needed product. Yeah. Um, and then outside of New York, I, I think our focus on some of these core markets like the Hamptons and Park City, um, where branded, uh, alternative accommodations and single family homes, don't really exist make us pretty unique
1: yeah yeah that's a super interesting um note there around sort of how you guys are operating in, in new york quick clarification there are you so who who is sort of that that customer is, is are these folks that are coming for business and then you know they're going to be out kind of like working for for a month or who are who are the folks that end up uh staying in these sort of like 30 day plus uh you know midterm rentals
0: yeah gi- given our price point um you know in new york city our Combinations are pretty expensive. They really start at because we don't have a lot of one bedrooms, of two bedroom plus. They really start at ten thousand dollars or more a month. Yeah. Um, our, our our customer segment tends to be uh, families that are, are furnished that are either locate relocating to New York for um, for work or you know re renovating their apartment. Yeah. Um, and then we get a lot of business executives. Uh, we we do we do company co-locate, you know company re- relocation. So maybe someone. Um, you know, who, who's coming to New York for two to three months, uh, or even like a, uh, you know, sometimes a a team from a company and they want to rent a four bedroom and and co 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 work together. Um, and then, yeah, families, business executives, and and also actors and, and, um, and like actors coming to town. So we have had, uh, we've had multiple A-list, uh, celebrities actually. Really? Yeah.
1: (laughs) Are you allowed to name drop anybody or no?
0: Um, <laughs> no, they we had to sign an NDA with HBO for, for two different actors. And okay. then, um, we, we definitely ha- had a lot of people that you've, uh, they, you've
1: heard of. of. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Dude, that's awesome, man. Um, very, very cool. Okay. T- I, I like this. I, I like that you're differentiated in a couple ways. One, not a lot of folks actually entertain the idea of like these like MTRs right, or these like midterm rentals. So it's cool. And I, I do actually think that that's, uh, that's that's a sort of like a, this growing segment. It's maybe a little bit harder for folks to manage if, if you haven't, like, you know, done the due diligence of, like, pricing this out appropriately at the offset, because, you know, the, the economics are just a little bit different than, obviously, like, a, a short-term stay. But um, I do think that there's a, there's a lot of opportunities. And I, w- what's cool about what you guys are doing, too, is you've really kind of, like, niched down into this customer segment of, hey especially in you know it's particularly in new york let's let's focus on people that are relocating people that are doing home renos people that are maybe actors or actresses or or business execs coming for like month-long engagements right um that's a that's a much easier sort of like easier in that it's more specific of a segment to continue to target to and to remarket to than if you're just going after everybody so very very cool man um i want to talk a little bit more about about jonah so like Talk, talk to us a little bit about who you are. So you mentioned you had a company that went through YC. For those who are listening to this pod that don't know, YC is like the most prestigious of like startup uh, accelerators. Uh, Airbnb actually came from YC, as did Uber, as did, you know, plenty of other sort of like unicorns. Um, I'm curious, Jonah, like talk to us a little bit about, about your background. Like who are you and who are you as an entrepreneur and, and, and how did you sort of like uh, get into the space to begin with?
0: Yeah. So great, great question. Um, so I'm originally from the Chicago suburbs. I went to school in New York uh, and I started my career uh, on the investing side working for the private equity arm of a bank out of college. Um, I, you know, I always wanted to start a company. I, you know, loved following the stories, bi- biographies of other entrepreneurs and seeing, you know, reading TechCrunch. And so that was always something I was really excited about. And I sort of jumped at it when I had um an idea that i was originally excited about with with black combinator um but i've always also had a back a little bit of a background in hospitality um and kind of trying you know i wanted specifically wanted to be at the intersection of real estate hospitality and technology Hmm. and so i think the you know the, the experiences i had specifically were uh i worked in a few restaurants in high school and then in college I interned for the business department of uh the the three and starred restaurant in Chicago, huh. so I got some exposure to hospitality there. Um, and I also had an interesting experience that really informed the Rove story, which was that I uh, I purchased my, my first you know first property investment in New York City, uh, a, a home that that I lived in with 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 a roommate, um, but turned it into a rental property. And I had a really unique experience here where I. And and I I bought the home because I wanted to uh, dip my toes into real estate investing and and learn. And I think you know, I generally think there's with with most things there's no better approach than you know diving headfirst (laughs) in. And and so, um, so I did that. But I had a unique experience. I'm not sure how familiar you are with the New York market, but the there's the concept of condos and co-ops. Okay. So co-ops are uh, it stands for cooperative. It's a it's a different ownership structure. So when you buy a unit in a co-op building, you're buying shares in the in the corporation, and those shares give you the right to use the unit huh. um, or to own the unit. Versus a condo, when you buy a condo, you're purchasing the unit outright. So you actually like own the unit within the walls of the building, and, and then the building itself is, you know, you're you're not part of the building ownership. And so the difference is that if you own shares in the corporation, the corporation ultimately has you know more say over um, over the your uh, your rights as a homeowner. Yeah. And so um, historically, New York's had a lot of co-ops because you know a lot of buildings don't want transient use; they want the same people living there to build a community. And and you know it's similar to an HOA.
1: Sure. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. And so, I, but co-ops trade at a, at a discount to condos. And so I was looking for a co-op that had an unlimited subleasing policy so I could rent out the unit, um, but you know pay, pay a discount on the purchase price. And so I found that, but it was really challenging. There's no platform to identify easily you know, which co-ops have low maintenance costs and low taxes and, and also allow for subleasing. And so it was a very like manual process, viewing units, talking to brokers, um, and I, and I realized here and then also with our homeowners that we manage, um, you know, we kind of saw a larger opportunity to build uh, a platform to help owners um, buy easily buy and sell short term rental properties, yeah, investment properties. And so that's what we're building with Rove In addition to our um, our brand of, of luxury property rentals, is actually a platform to help owners uh, underwrite and and purchase from a compliance perspective um,
1: rental properties. I love it, Nan. Hey guys, it's Zach. If you're enjoying this episode, could you do me two very quick favors? First, this show is possible thanks to a handful of incredible organizations who've signed on to be advertising partners of Behind the Stays. It would mean the world to me if you'd take just a second to scroll down to the show notes and go learn more about this episode's sponsor. Even if you aren't in the market for agency support or a new PMS at the moment, it never hurts to be aware of who else is out there. And second, if you're listening to this episode on Spotify, could you be so kind as to give Behind the Stays a five-star rating? And if you're on Apple Podcasts, could you submit a quick review and let me know what you love most about the show? I know it seems trivial, but these things really, really do help us grow the show. And just a reminder that if you've ever got feedback from me on how to make the show better, shoot me an email directly at Zach, that's Z-A-C-H, at spontaneous.com. You all really are the best. I love receiving your emails and DMs. All right, so check out the sponsor and leave us a rating and a review, please. All right, guys, back to the show. Why do you think? So you, so you guys are essentially, so, you know, we, we talked about this last time. I think this is great positioning for you. This, these are your words, not mine. But like, you're you're building sort of like this, like a like a Zillow for STRs. Um, and I'm curious, uh, why why do you think that this hasn't been done yet or at least like done successfully yet? Like what, because it seems like kind of like a no brainer opportunity. Is it just like really freaking hard or like why, why, why isn't there already sort of like a name brand Zillow for, for STRs?
0: Yeah, it's, it's a good question. Um, I think that the, the most challenge there's, there's a few reasons. So okay. one, you know, I think the institutionalization of, of Airbnb's generally is, still in like the pretty early days yeah and so it's been hard to aggregate um like airbnb data and understand you know the underwriting side and actually be able to uh make a a product that's that has like this type of both underwriting and compliance data um you know i also think that it's a growing customer segment. So, you know, Airbnb made this space possible in, in two, you know, starting in 2009. So yeah. it's only been, you know, Airbnb's only been around for like 14, 15 years. And, you know, a lot of the, there, there, were, there weren't a lot of large scale uh, property managers. Yeah. And there also were not a lot of tools for property managers that made it easy to kind of like scale, like the number of properties you're have data on and, and are acquiring. Um, and so I think for a variety, I think the industry has just been too young for this platform to really exist previously.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Super, super interesting. So talk to us a little bit about sort of like where, where, where that platform's at. So I know that you guys have, like, I went on your website and there's definitely, there are definitely listings right there that there right now. Where, where, so where would you say sort of like the, the product is in terms of its sort of like life cycle, uh, right, right now?
0: Yeah. So we're working on right now on integrating with the MLS. So we can list basically ideas to be able to list every for sale property in the U S with, uh, histo- with historical, or if it's been a short-term rental previously and projected, um, nightly income data, and then also compliance information, if it's in an HOA or not, uh, about like nightly rental permitting. Um, and so we're, we're probably a few weeks to a few months away from, Having like the the polished products, but we have been aggressively launching.
1: Yeah, yeah. What was that, dude? That was that sounded fun. <laughs> so I want to. I also want to hear a little bit more about like what what have you learned, right? Having been in this space now for for, you know, a few years here, you are clearly sort of a creative, uh, entrepreneur, you've, uh, hustled really hard, you know, getting into YC is, is no sort of like easy task, right? So you clearly have like some, some grit about you. Um, but what I'm curious, what, what have you learned kind of coming into this space that, that has surprised you? Like what, what's been especially challenging and, or what, what are some opportunities that you've seen that you, that you might've not expected when you, when you first got into the space?
0: Um, yeah, it's a, it's a really good question. I I think I've been, um, I think I've been surprised at how, I mean, there's certainly a real opportunity for sort of economies of scale where, you know, we can provide a much better, there's, I do think there's like a much bigger opportunity for professional hosts, professional property managers Hmm. to provide much better service for both renters and homeowners. And one thing we haven't really talked too much about is that, um, you know, our primary customer, in addition to people renting our properties, is the people that own them. Mm, and yeah. so I think a lot of uh, historically, but especially before Airbnb came about, there's a lot of mom and pop property managers um, that are you know local and provide like the maintenance work and, and cleaning and turnover. But haven't like scaled the technology suite, and um, because technology is starting to develop quickly, even like property managers like Vacasa and others, in my perspective, have dated technology. Yeah, uh, you know, not built on like the, what I would call like the 2023 um, best tech stack. And yep. so I, I think there are a lot of opportunities still, even though it's a really competitive space for um, both brands and tech really like tech first asset light, uh, managers to deliver better experiences for homeowners and guests.
1: Yeah. Yeah. What's really interesting, Jenna, is I'm, I'm glad you brought up like the vacasas of the world. Um, because I, so I, what I spend a lot of time doing, um, he, basically, uh, it, it ends up being like every day, but primarily two days a week, I, Scroll through Airbnb. I find like the best last minute Airbnb deals, and I send them to our our subscribers uh, via our spontaneous newsletter. And one of the things that's just very obvious is any sort of Vacasa or Vacasa esque uh, organization, like the the large property manage uh, management uh, companies, their their reviews are always just horrific. Like I mean, they are just they are consistently really, 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 really bad. Um, and so what's interesting is historic i i do feel like even in the last couple of years folks have been like really naysaying sort of these like property management um um groups simply because from a from a guest experience it seems to feel quite lackluster right like and it seems to be it's, it's it really doesn't feel the way that it feels when you stay at a beautiful sort of very bespoke very curated home that you know susie down the street owns right um and so I am interested and particularly intrigued by like the roves of the world that are popping up a little bit here and there to see, okay, how, how do they do it? How do they deliver exceptional guest experiences at scale? And how, like, what is the differentiator going to be between you know the rows of the world and and the, and the vicasas of the world? Because because at face value, right, they they do look similar, right? They 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 look like they look related. Um, but I think what you're saying, which is which is quite smart, is but the the infrastructure, right, the way that you guys are built, uh, the technology that you're that you're using to enable these services, these high quality services at scale, that in and of itself is is a differentiator, which is which is really interesting to hear.
0: Yeah, you know, I I think it's it's an interesting problem, interesting space. I do think it it gets a little bit tougher on the lower end of the market. So you know, everyone complains about like Airbnb fee, sorry, like Airbnb cleaning fees being tacked on. But the reality is, if you have a four or five bedroom house, you know, that's three thousand square feet. That could be six times the size of a hotel room. <laughs> so cleaning it probably costs six times as much, especially if you don't have, you know, ten hotel rooms in one hallway that you can clean, you know, back to back to back to back. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so the reality is there's a lot of operational expenses that, you know, come with territory of single family homes. And so, you know, our focus being on higher end properties at the higher end of the market. Um, just means that it's a little bit easier for our customers and our homeowners to digest these expenses relative to like the, the cost of the stay. Yeah. Um, so part of, you know, I think our unique value proposition is we're able to offer better white glove service by focusing on the higher end of the market. Yeah. And I personally like wouldn't necessarily want to be positioned in the lower end of the market. It's just more, be, you know, because this, the average, the average daily rate of the, of, you know, lower end stays is obviously less. Um, it's hard to provide as good a service. Yep. Um, yeah. so, you know, part of it's just, you know, focusing on the higher end of the market, charging higher rates and being able to deliver higher service because the margin's there to support that. Um, what else? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think, I think that's the cost's biggest challenge is it's just probably their, their home acquisition costs and then the churn of the properties when people sell them. Yeah. And so, uh, if you can, you know, if you can solve those two elements, Part of how we solve the, the home acquisition cost or, or delivering a better guest experience is by actually going into the property with a professional interior designer and our onboarding team and fixing things around the house, making upgrades, you know, replacing a a door that you know is jammed or you know, jams frequently so that these issues don't come up during a guest stay and you know, there's just less of a like a operational headache yeah. long
1: term. I'm curious from from a branding standpoint. So one of the things that I that I've seen some folks start doing which I think is really cool I'm curious like if it works well and, and or if you guys do this and what your experience of it has been but you see you see these sort of uh, property managers uh, come in and they you know build a, whether they build and, and own like a unique collection and or they're they're managers of, of other people's homes they, they sort of like brand each stay that's like a part of their collection and they give it like a fun name and it's got like this fun like theme like have you guys done stuff like that or like do you guys name your properties and and, and or like what what sort of like uh, hot takes or or thoughts do you have on sort of how to sort of best leverage the umbrella brand, right, which is Rove with sort of the individual brands that that each property has?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think, um, re, I mean, really at Rove, what we're trying to build is like the Ritz-Carlton of single family homes, uh, you know, consistent elevated experience. And so when you stay at like the Ritz-Carlton, you're, you know, they might name the villa, We we name our, we name all of our properties. Okay. Um, we, we, what we don't do is we don't do like a specific property experience. Um, but you know, I think what we're, what I'm excited about is definitely highlighting the core amenities, especially the amenities that we might add to a property, um, and making that part of like the consistent growth package. So like, yeah. for example, in, in park city, we, 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 won't operate a property without a hot tub because everyone wants, you know, hot, to go hot tubbing after they ski. Yeah, um, so just, yeah. I mean, it's obviously part, part of the experience. Um, I think the whole branded, like, individual property theme, it's interesting. We're not really doing it beyond, like, having the house name and, and some in-home branding regarding that.
1: Last-minute cancellations suck. And that's why we built Ping. Ping makes it easy for guests to be notified when their favorite Airbnbs become available. Ping is a simple widget that lives on your website or your direct booking site and allows your fans and followers to sign up and be notified if their preferred dates become available. Here's how it works. Jimmy sees that you're booked the whole month of October, but he wants to be notified if any three-night window in the month becomes available. Jen is a returning guest and she wants to be notified if any week in June, July, or August becomes available. In a matter of seconds, Jimmy and Jen fill out the simple form and they will be pinged if the requested dates become available. And as a host, you will immediately get pinged via email with Jimmy and Jen's contact information and requested dates, which enables you to build up your own database of guest email addresses. Ping is what the best Airbnb hosts use to maximize bookings. You can get access to our beta pricing with plans that start at just $39 a year at bnbping.com. Again, that's bnbping.com. I'm curious on on the Park City note. You bring up a good point which is like you're like hey like everyone wants a hot tub so we would never acquire a home that didn't have one um talk to us a little bit about how you've learned about like the nuances that exist in each of these markets right like i think like it's one thing to be an entrepreneur and have this great idea right it's another thing to figure out like okay what you're sort of a national and probably hopefully eventually an international sort of like brand how are you and the team sort of like discerning the, the, the unique sort of like cultural nuances that exist in, in, in each of these markets? Like where, where are you going to learn?
0: Yeah, I mean, certainly launching in a market and having properties with guest staying is, is a great way to learn. Um, although obviously, you know, we, we try to deliver uh, like the five-star brand experience for, with the first property that we launch in every market. But I think there has been a little bit of a learning curve. Um, you know, there's certain core amenities that guess one in some markets like Park City, it's a hot tub uh, and just generally like properties that look and feel like a, a ski, you know, ski hut, ski chalet yeah. that's yeah. like more rustic than, than you know, maybe modern touches, but not like ultra modern is, is generally not the the vibe that people are looking for when they're going on a ski vacation. Um, so it just depends on on the market. I mean, Scottsdale, I think, a good example is like heated pools. Mm. Um, even though it's hot, you know, most of the summer, over, over the winter, everyone wants a, a pool and a jacuzzi. Yeah. A pool and jacuzzi.
1: Yeah, dude, I don't know, I don't know what like what's going on in the Scottsdale market or like the, the kind of traveler that it attracts, but I feel like every every Airbnb in Scottsdale is like trying to like up the other with respect to like its amenities and its offerings, like you know, with with uh with a golf course in the back in in the backyard, along with like a basketball court, along with like a pickleball court. Like it, it's just funny when I'm scrolling through these Airbnb listings and it's specifically looking in markets like Scottsdale, it's just insane. Like the number of amenities I feel like Scottsdale as a market has like more like amenities per Airbnb. Airbnb than maybe any other market Um, just it's just like it's just insane it's just ridiculous and and these properties are like massive and so it it must just be because they're attracting like a bunch of groups and uh, and or a specific segment of travelers that really want to like hang out at the home and like experience it you know to the max but um, it is just funny to see how that market has like totally exploded.
0: Yeah. So it's, it's interesting. I mean, what, else, what what's what? So Airbnb, I mean, if you listen to the last Airbnb earnings call, they added, I think the number was 900,000 new properties I and mean, like 6 million properties in the US in 2022. So you had a ton of supply. And I think, you know, why did, why did you have all this supply? Well, part of the answer is during COVID, everyone stopped going to hotels because they didn't want to, you know, be at a location with other people and started going to Driving distance Airbnbs.
1: Yeah. Um. Yeah. So
0: COVID was, you know, ended up being a huge tailwind for Airbnbs and for just like alternative accommodations in general. I think what you've seen, you know, in the post-COVID era is things going back to like this new normal. And so what that means is people still go to Airbnbs, but they also go back to hotels. Yeah. And so you know, an airline, you know, United had like its best quarter ever recently. And so you, like, your like travel's still up. Like, yeah. You know, let's sidebar the whole recession conversation. Um, but what what happened was is you had a ton of supply come on because demand accelerated so yeah. much. Yeah. And so now I think you're, you're, we're seeing a little bit of, uh, increase, like more supply and then less demand, which in like Scottsdale is resulting in like lower prices, like slightly lower average daily rates this year than last year. But then also just a huge amount of people competing on, you know, random amenities yeah like, like a pickleball court
1: yeah yeah no it's um yeah but, so
0: we're not we're not we're not trying to compete on on those amenities specifically at Rogue. what we're excited about is bringing on amazing upscale you know properties that have uh you know core amenities that we think is important in a market like a pool and then also you know the design and aesthetic of, of the Rogue brand um, and we're also targeting supply constrained markets, yeah. so markets where there's not, unli- you know, there's not unlimited land to build houses and turn, you know, thousands of homes into Airbnb's because prices go up. Yeah. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Super interesting, man. I, what, what I love about what, what you are sharing with us, Jonah, is like, you've just, you've put a lot of thought into sort of differentiation, um, which, which is, which is fantastic. I feel like sometimes when I talk to folks, it's hard to understand exactly how they see their difference, or they think that their difference is is truly different, um, and it's, it seems to be quite akin to to what everyone else is doing. But I, I I like what you guys are doing, and what you've shared about what you're doing at Rove, because it does it does you know feel feel like it's very intentional and and very distinct. Um, I love your just your positioning and your framing too, of like being the Ritz Carlton of single family Airbnbs. I think that that's a that's a beautiful that's a beautiful sort of like one liner for for people to help kind of like. Understand very quickly what you all are up to. My, my last question for you, dude, is um, what what are some hot takes you have on on the future of like travel and hospitality? Like, as you are so steeped in sort of this this industry, um, and are trying to build a a company, building a a, a incredible company in the space. Like, what what are some strong opinions or or hot takes that you have on on what we'll see sort of in in the, in the near term future of the space?
0: You definitely see, there's definitely, uh, you know, inc- increased demand, even like it's been surprising during COVID more than ever for, uh, you know, specific locations, for cities, for, you know, people gravitate to, uh, you know, there, there's a reason that this, like Aspen or the Hamptons is so expensive. Yeah. Um, and it's because everyone wants to be there. Um, and so, you know, I don't think that's changing. And, and I think that, you know, especially as more people have more and more disposable income even though they could go to Montana or Idaho for cheaper prices, they want to go to, um, these nice locations. Yeah. I, I mean, I think one, one trend that I'm excited about building a company around is like looking at, you know, maybe 10, 20 years ago, what were people with, you know, a lot of disposable income doing. And, you know, I think as the economy grows and more and more people have more money to spend, you know, a lot of those trends that you know wealthy people used to do are becoming mainstream, Yeah. And, you know, whether that's like food or travel and and like the types of properties people are staying in. And so I think like villas as as a concept, you know, in in good locations with skiing or the beach, um, you know, will continue to be more and more popular. And I think we'll just see more destination markets pop up as as hotspots.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, man, I, I couldn't agree more. And, and it's it's really interesting to kind of see to like, what will those like tier two and tier three places like, like, you know, they're, they're, in 20, 30 years from now, there could be brand new destinations that are that are, you know, akin to what the Aspens are today. Right. Um, And I, I, it is really interesting to kind of like watch and see sort of like how are people sort of building and innovating in these like next uh, next generation sort of like travel markets. Um and it's it's really cool to see that you and and, and your team are sort of thinking through these things and, and at the forefront of these conversations. Um, but dude, this has been this has been awesome. I really appreciate your time. I really appreciate what, what you all are building in the space. For folks who are interested in learning a little bit more about Rove, either kind of staying uh, at a Rove property, and or if they've got a home in one of the uh, the markets that you just mentioned, one of the eight markets that you all are currently um, operating in, and then I don't know if you have markets that you are planning to to kind of spin up operations in uh, relatively soon. But if somebody does feel like they might have a home that could fit into sort of rove's portfolio neatly what's the uh what's the best way for them to get in touch
0: uh yeah i mean they can uh they can reach out to um me me personally honestly can reach out to me me at jonah at rovetravel.com
1: jonah at rovetravel.com and we'll go ahead and we'll drop your email in the show notes we'll drop a link to your website in the show notes as well uh, you guys have a really cool website so check out check out the rev website folks and uh yeah dude thank you so much for your time and uh it's been a, it's been a pleasure
0: yeah awesome thanks zach really really great speaking with you
1: Okay. That was kind of weird, but, um, we're going to roll with it. Subscribe. Um, and thanks in advance. All right, everyone. See you next time.